Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. By the Lord, tonight on this Wednesday, oh, you make a way for us. You make a way for us. You made a way for us when there was no way. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated for a moment. You can be seated for a moment. I'm so, so thankful for the goodness of God. He has been so very, very good to me. And how about you? Has he been good to you? Amen. He has. The Lord, the Lord has has been better to me than I deserve. That's how I feel. The Bible says in Psalms 103 and 1, Psalms 103 and 1, I just want to leave you with a thought here tonight. And uh, Brother Chuck Bell is going to be speaking to us in a few moments, but just want to address something I feel here. Psalms 103 and 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. That's why we get exuberant at the house of God. We're blessing the Lord. We're pouring our emotions on Him. Amen. We get excited. Don't you get excited when you think of the goodness of Jesus? I get emotional and cry. I wave my hands. I clap my hands. I dance sometimes. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has benefits. It says, it follows, if you can see that verse 2 ends with a colon, means the thought is incomplete. So verse 3 goes into it. What are his benefits? Is that who forgiveth all thine iniquities, that's a benefit. Who healeth all thy diseases, that's a benefit. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, oh, somebody shout, that's a benefit. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's a benefit. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Oh, that's a benefit. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the name of the Lord. It says in verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. You know what that means? You didn't get what you deserved. He held it from you. Amen. He didn't treat you according to what bad things you did. Some people think they make one mistake, God's going to kill them. That's not how God operates. How I many know He's merciful and He's loving? For as the heaven is high above the earth, So great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. My goodness, when you think how high the universe can go above the earth, you can't even measure it. So is His mercy to you. If you could just wake up in the morning and realize God wants to bless me. God wants to do good things in my life. He wants to give good things to me and my family. His love toward us is immeasurable. It's unconditional. It's not based upon my performance. It's based upon His love toward me. Somebody say amen. I want you to say it's a benefit. 
he goes on and probably one of my favorite verses of all time where it says, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You go north, you'll eventually go south. If you go east, you'll never go west. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Somebody say amen. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. He understands the weakness of humanity. And guess what? He's forgiving, he's loving, and he gives benefits to us. Don't forget his benefits. God has been good to us. I I say this to you. we, We in the church have lived a blessed, blessed life. Anybody that's ever walked away from the Lord and came back and said, I wish I'd have never lived. That's right. People come to the Lord that's never lived with the Lord said, I wish I'd have lived for God many, many years ago. Let me know that's true because of the joy. I have learned over the years that love, everybody say love, love is not an emotion. It's not. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is a commitment. Love is a covenant. And the Bible tells us in in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the word of the Lord teaches us that if we don't have love, it's a substance that we have in our heart that comes from God. The word in Scripture in the King James Version is charity. It doesn't, it's not the same word that we would use as being charitable. And I know that, that word, how it can be used, but that means it comes from God, for God is love. When we embrace the love of God, it's a substance that only comes from God. It's, it's, it's not handed down. It's not handed down. It's not just something that happens. It's something that comes from God. And love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. How many know that? It keeps no record of wrong. Love is an amazing thing that we give because we have committed our life to the Lord. We become like Him. I have learned that, that, that doing right does not always feel right at first. How many know it's right? You can feel good about doing bad. I lost some of you on that one. The pleasure of sin. I mean, it's there. But sometimes doing the right thing, the right thing at the moment, such as forgiveness. I mean, no, forgiveness is very powerful. Forgiveness is an act of love. But when you fulfill it, what's followed is by emotions that can't, can't be replaced with anything else. Forgiveness is very powerful. Giving. I mean, no, giving is an act of love. When you give, it releases something once it's left your hands. And not, not just up until you do it, but when you do it, you give. There's an emotion that comes with it because love is emotional. Can I say that one of the greatest things you ever do is to love somebody that can't love you back? The Bible says take somebody to dinner that can't take you out to dinner. I mean, on a family, when we go out to eat, we fight over who's going to get the check or not. And that's the way it is with a friend. Oh, I got this. I'll get you next time. But the Bible says take somebody out that can't take you back. And what I'm saying to you is there is a, there's a part of us in Christmas seasons. I, I even before service told somebody Merry Christmas that was, that was a guest. And I could see the look on her face that it was a, a part of one of our classes. But I could see the look on her face that she wasn't looking forward to Christmas. And it's almost like, yeah, yeah, right. Because not everybody is blessed like you're blessed. Not everybody has somebody like you have somebody. And when you take a part of your Christmas season and say, I'm going to bless somebody that can't bless me, 
I'm going to love somebody that can't love me back. Are y'all with me right now? It'll do something in you that will fulfill you like, like nothing else will. Giving to somebody that can't give back to you. Helping somebody. The Bible talks about pure religion undefiled as minister to the, to the, to the orphan and to the widow. And it's talking about people that don't have the resources to bless you, but you're blessing them. I want us to stand and say that we have lived in the benefit of love and grace and mercy. I'm so glad God was merciful to me. I'm so glad people have been merciful to me over the years. I've benefited from being forgiving. Granting forgiveness has probably been one of the most powerful things I've ever done in my life is to be willing to forgive and not hold grudges. It's a powerful thing is to forgive. What it releases in you, it sets you free. How many know it's true? Everything I've just said is a product of that word that comes from God. Before you ever make a major decision, you get on your knees and you make a statement. I want to do it God's way. Let me take it to prayer. Just don't run out on, on your emotions. But you bend your knee and say, God, what is it you'd have me to do? Not my will, but thine will be done. You know what it will always be? It will end up with an emotion that is so beneficial, so powerful, so fulfilling. Can you say amen? Lift your hands and say, God, I want to be a blessing to somebody this year. I want to be a blessing, Lord, to a, a neighbor. I want to be a blessing, Lord, to a, a friend. I want to be a blessing to a family member. I want to be a blessing to somebody that doesn't even, even know who I am. But God, I want to help somebody, God, this time of year. Help me to be forgiving, God, in my heart. Help me to be loving in my heart. Help me to be merciful. Help me to give second chances and third chances. God, to know that your mercy is renewed every morning, that your love for us is immeasurable. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Tell two or three people you cannot measure the mercy of God. Can't measure it. Ask your neighbor, can you measure your mercy? <laughs> I mean, sometimes we feel stretched to be merciful. Not God. God. God's not against us. If I could adamantly tell you, God's not against us. He's for us. He loves us. How many know the Lord loves us? Praise God. Let's thank the Lord for that. I want Brother Chuck Bale has been an elder and minister and helped so much at the McConnellsville campus and has just a great man. So thankful for him and who he is. He's a faithful man. His sister Tina are such wonderful people. We're so thankful for them. They serve in so many capacities. They've worked behind the scenes for so many years. And he has been dependable. And I'm so thankful for him. And we want him to come and open his heart tonight. And amen. We love you. We love you, Brother Chuck. Don't we love him? Would you welcome him as he comes to speak?
helped me and walked me through a lot of things I was troubled with when I first started coming here. But uh, I'm just so thankful to be in this church. I am uh, going to uh, take my text tonight out of Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 10. And it says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out into the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay, that, lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and breathe breath and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesy as, I, as was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I, helped, when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, Son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came upon, up, came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. I'm going to talk to you just for a little bit tonight about dry bones. Dry bones. Let us pray. Lord, thank you, dear God, for this opportunity to, to speak your word tonight, dear God. Utilize this vessel, dear God, to take and do your will, your way, and your let whatever needs to come flow from this, this uh, voice, dear God, let it be of you. And we're asking all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as, as we go through life, uh, most people would rather talk about the good things in their life than they were the bad things in their life. And, you know, I, I, I'm one of them. I, I've, I've seen a lot, been done a lot. Uh, you know, I've owned two or three different businesses in my life. 
coached and owned a semi-pro football team. But that's, that's the good things. There's, there's a lot of bad things that happened in my life. And I'm going to be kind of open with you here tonight. I'm going to talk about some of the bad things that, that I went through. And, uh, and then we'll bring this all together. You see, when I was very young at the age of 12, uh, my dad had his first heart attack and was not able to live, uh, to work anymore. So being a young man, we, we went out and we raised as much money as we could as young kids to, to help provide and get the things that we needed. I had a brother that was four years older than me, and uh, he was he was kind of a, a troubled teen. Uh, he was in trouble a lot, and uh, I I was always considered the good kid. <laughs> but mom and dad, when he'd go out at nights, they would. Say, you go with him and keep him out of trouble. Now, that, that telling a 12-year-old boy to go out with a 16-year-old boy and keep him out of trouble. Uh, come on. <laughs> so that didn't work out too good. I started running bars at the age of 12 years old. And they say, well, how'd you get in bars? Back when my days, it wasn't hard. And I actually got served alcohol. So I started drinking around the age of 12 years old. My brother, when he was 18, he got drafted to go to Vietnam. And when he come back from Vietnam, he come back with what they called leukemia, which was caused by Agent Orange. And he ended up passing away at the age of 21. He was my best friend. We'd done everything together. I was very hurt, broken, mad, angry, you name it. That's the way I felt. So that's where I made a choice that I didn't like Vietnam. I wanted to go to Vietnam and I wanted to go there and I, I just wanted to go there and kill everybody. Uh, I, I, so I signed up for the Marine Corps. I wanted to be the best of the best because I wanted to go over there and I wanted to show them that they wasn't going to take my brother's life in vain. I was going to do something about it. Well, I went through boot camp and about the time we graduated from boot camp, they canceled our orders to Vietnam and started pouring people up back out of Vietnam. I never saw Vietnam, never been there. I ended up spending 30 years 
off and on in three different branches of the service. 30 years, and I never saw any combat. Because God knew what was in my heart. I ended up at the age of 19 getting married. And by the time I was 26, I was divorced. But the reason I was divorced at the age of 26 is because of the anger and stuff I had. And I was drinking, running bars, smoking pot, doing everything except being who I should have been. You see, I found a, some dry bones. I ended up in that divorce. I ended up moving to another city. And uh, like I said, I started a business. And that didn't last but six years, and I was in another divorce. Went on, ended up getting that divorce, went on. And all this time, every time I went to the top, I went to the bottom. I always found those bones laying somewhere at the bottom. And I ended up getting remarried again for the third time. And during the third time, I thought things was going great. I'd climbed to the top again. And everything got taken out from underneath me. So I landed back in those dry bones doing everything that I knew to survive and started running to bars and smoking pot. I was just a pot party animal. I went for one whole year, never worked lived out of my truck, get up in the morning as soon as the bars would open up and I'd go to the bar and I would close them down, go sleep in my truck, get up, do the same thing over and over and over every day for one year until I was broke. So it, all this is how low in the pit can you go? You see, our lives are, as we walk, there's things that's going to come against us, and we're going to feel like we're in a pit of dry bones. At one point in time in my life, I tried to commit suicide because I was so low and deep in those bones. But the place that I de decided to commit suicide from at, as I look back now, I tried jumping off of a bridge. Where that bridge was, or is still today, is where I attended church when I was in my young age.
when I tried climbing over that fence to commit suicide, it just felt like something was pulling on me. And looking back now, I believe that that was the hand of God upon me, keeping me from doing something that I, I, he knew that I didn't need to be in. You see, sometimes when we go through life and we hit rock bottom, there, there's things that's got to happen. And just like in the story, all those bones had to start shaking to get back together. So God started shaking everything up to start putting everything back together. See, in life, sometimes God's got to shake you up in order to put you back together. Once you get put back together, then the breath of life, you, you start feeling the presence of God in your life. And, and that's, that's the breath that comes up on you. You see, that breath of life happened to me. Sitting right back here about three rows up in front of the sound booth. I walked into this church one day that my wife, which I'm thankful for, I walked into that church and I sat back there. And I watched the praise and worship team begin to sing. And as that praise and worship team began to sing, it just like a warm, fresh breath of air come through this place. And it hit me back here. And I thought to myself at that time, I said, what, Lord, what, what is this? What is it? I don't understand. I mean, you know, I've been in church almost all my life in and out. But I never felt what I had just felt. And I sat back here and I said, Lord, forgive me for all that I have done wrong. Whatever this is that I am feeling tonight, today, I want it. I want to know what it is. I want to know everything about what I'm feeling. I do not want to be left out. Bishop, that's when I made a decision that I'm in this all the way. I'm not turning back. Those bones that I left behind me, they're behind me. I don't want to pick up any of those dry bones. I don't want nothing to do with them dry bones. I only want what God has given me, and that's a new breath of life. Well, Bishop, I said it wasn't going to be very long. 
I'm, I'm done. I, I, I don't even feel like an altar call. I mean, do what you feel. <laughs> I think we ought to stand and thank God for giving us his testimony. Praise the name of the Lord. You never know where somebody's been or what they've been through. He's talking about stepping away from those things of, of brokenness and your life tore all apart. When you begin to study those dry bones, they, they, what had happened is the enemy would, took those soldiers that had died and piled them up and put them in the valley. And they were, they were put on each side and, and it was a hopeless situation. And they would march the Jews and even soldiers left through there. If their head was up, they would kill them and throw them in the pile. That's what they would do. It, they, it was demoralizing. But you know what? There came a day that God looked at a prophet and said, Can these bones live? There are times in your life you didn't want to live. Is there any hope for me? Mistake, moment, failure, issues. I'm going to tell you, there's a moment that what, what, what life tore apart, what the enemy separated, God can bring back together. God can bring it together. Amen, amen. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. And God begins, begins to bring things back together in your life. And I'm telling you, when the Spirit of the Lord, you know what the Spirit of God means? The breath of God. Amen. In the beginning, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, the breath of God moved upon the face of the waters. When you say Holy Spirit, you're saying the Holy Breath. Holy Ghost, Holy Breath. It's God breathing life. Because when God formed man from the dust of the ground, He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Aren't you glad one day He breathed upon you? You felt life coming to your spirit. Amen. It caused you to want to live. It caused you to want to get up. I'm talking to a Wednesday night crowd. You said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. God can breathe upon you again and bring life. He brings life to your situation. Even Jesus stopped. The Bible says he breathed on them. And they were filled with the spirit. Hallelujah. The breath of God. He said, I remember, what did you say? Three rows up from the back. And you felt something you hadn't felt before. It was the Holy Ghost. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. How many times have I had people come to church and say, Pastor, I feel something here I've never felt before. You know what he's doing? He's not just breathing on you to breathe on you. He's going to bring life where there was dry bones. I'm very thankful he can bring life where there was dryness. Amen. Thank you, Brother Bill. I did. I, I felt for him to speak. And, and uh, I'm so glad he gave his testimony. Maybe you have a story, a testimony, the goodness of God. Dry bones may be even here tonight. But I feel the breath of God. The wind of God. I hear, I hear, I hear the voice of the Lord that He said to, to, to Ezekiel the prophet, "Can these bones live? You go stand on the on the valley. Look at the valley. There's nothing but bones. There's no 
their skin. The garments are torn and old and weathered, separated. The wise prophet looked back at the Lord. He said, thou knowest. Speak to the wind. Sometimes you just got to speak to it. I'm telling you, it's not over. It's not over. God is not done with you. Sister Millie, the Lord's not finished with you or your family. I will never forget as long as I live. God was, Brother, Brother Gladman was in a, uh, was dealing with a straight in his situation with a job and his hours, he was weary. You remember that? And uh, earlier this year, and I talked to him and he, he stayed and move of God happened in the Sunday service and I went up to him I said I know his spirit of prayer is upon you just stay as long as you want to I said I'm going to eat now that sounds makes me sound spiritual didn't it <laughs> I said if I get back you're still here I'll give you right home you remember that and I did I think we might have had a guest minister or something but I came back and he was on the front row and I said uh, he was just sitting there crying I mean it's hours later still sitting there crying I said you want me to take you home he said yeah on the way home, I said, I feel to stop by your mother-in-law's house. Remember that? And I said, I just feel a nudge. I just feel, you know, God speaks in still small voices, Brother Brian. Sometimes it's just a nudge. And uh, went and knocked on her door and went in her house. And when I got in the house and knocked on her, she let me in the house. I went in and I said, the reason I'm stopping, you remember this, don't you? I said, because I just want, I want to ask you a question. She said, well, what is it? She's got an accent like me. I love it. And I go to her house, and she's got RC Cola. Praise God. And moon pies. Amen. Makes me feel, that's Appalachia right there. I'm, makes me happy. And uh, we both come from coal-mining families. I went in, and I said, I've got a question. She said, well, what is it? I said, I'd like you to start going to church all the time. When you ask somebody that question, you don't know what kind of answer you're going to get. She says, it was easy. She said, I will. We didn't have church on Sunday night. We had prayer meeting. And she came to that prayer meeting on Sunday night. And we were having prayer. Wasn't that many people here. We were praying. And you were here. And I'll never forget. We were just praying. And you started praying in the spirit real loud. Just boisterously. He let it, let it out. God. See, in prayer meetings, a lot of times there's gates that God uses somebody to work through them. They're a gatekeeper. They sort of open the gate. I've seen that in many prayer revivals. God would show me who he's going to come through first and move into that room. And when you let go, begin to pray in the spirit, it filled the room. The entire room was filled with the with the breath, the wind of God, like Brother Bell talked about. When I turn around, I thought, I'm going to go. Millie was there. She came to prayer meeting. You know you're hungry for God when you show up at prayer meeting first. She came to prayer meeting that night. I, when I, I went back, Millie was on the back seat and repented and had prayed through the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. She was baptized that night. It was dry bones, wasn't it? It was dry bones in your world. And she got baptized that night. And when she came out of the baptismal with dry clothes, 
She shouted all over this building. Yeah. Come here, come here, come here, come here. It's testimony night. Tell them. Amen, there's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the presence of God. You know what she told me later? You can't verify this, but she told me. She said, she said, that morning, I knocked that same day that she came to church with God filled with the Spirit. She was baptized and shouted all over the church. And I went, I went the same day. The same day I knocked on her door and invited her. That morning when she was getting ready, was getting dressed, the Lord came to you, didn't he? You remember what he said? Yeah. Yeah. He said, this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And I'll tell you what I feel right now. God's going to keep doing it. God's going to keep doing it. He's an on-time God. He's an individual God. Praise the Lord. He can move on a Wednesday like he does in a prayer meeting. Amen. He can, he can move in a prayer meeting like he does at a camp meeting. How I many know God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think? Amen. There's a dry bone situation, but God begins to bring life to what seemed like it was over. Hallelujah. God's able. I wish you'd lift your hands and say, God, I give you my situation. I give you my circumstance. I hand it to you on a Wednesday. Hallelujah. It's a do-over. It's a start-over. We're going to be a mighty army for you, God. Come on, the Lord speaking life. The Lord is speaking life. I feel, the, I feel the fresh wind of God. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in this house. receive ye the Holy Ghost tonight lift your hands and let his wind, let his breath let him breathe on you let God speak over you right now his word, his life Jesus name Jesus name hallelujah come on God's able take a moment, I feel the Lord thank you brother Brother Chuck, for leading us tonight in the word of the Lord. Oh, we feel your presence bringing life where there was death. Putting things together that have been separated, oh Lord. Those bones that have been separated. New sinew on the body. New chance, new hope, new life, new beginnings. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, remember the moment God breathed onto your situation. Would you just begin to praise Him and love Him right now? Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, it is done. I feel tonight's changing point. 
It's a turning point. In Jesus' name. How many have a situation you're dealing with? Would you, would you bring it to the Lord tonight? Won't you come to the altar and bring it to the Lord? If you have a situation, I want us to pray for my dad tonight. He's been sick. I want you to pray for my dad tonight. Sister Powell needs a healing tonight. She had hip surgery today in her 90s. Broke her hip just a couple days ago. Needs a healing. My neighbor, Dave Downing, needs a healing. Dealing with septic situation, infection in his heart. Needs a healing in his body. We believe God can breathe life over these situations. Lord, the funeral tomorrow of Martha. And sister, God, we're believing you're going to touch Ann and Larry and that family. Come on, bring that situation and say, God, I know you're able to fix it. Just like Brother Chuck Bell told us tonight. God can turn the situation around. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Come on, God, we pray that you'll touch Dad tonight. Move upon him. Bring healing to his immunity. Bring healing, God, to where that infection has been in his body. We pray for these needs that have been brought on a Wednesday night. That you would bring healing. Oh, God, fixing these things, touching these situations. Come on, that's it. Lift your voices in prayer. God is moving in this building. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.